Good Podcast. I'm your host, J. David Osborne. That is David James Keaton. Hi, Dave. I'm back with you. Back with me. And we're here to talk uh, movies. I guess I haven't really seen anything. Uh, Dave's seen a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to basically... These are the most fun podcasts where Dave basically uh he tells me about movies and then i make <laughs> i make judgments about them based on what dave says so i you know he'll he'll describe it too and i'll be like woof you know yeah that's um, that's actually a great idea so i'm gonna i'm just gonna paint pictures and then you're gonna rate them paint paint me that paint me that big forehead clown bro oh that fucking clown well before we get to the clown i've been Maybe you have seen some of the stuff I've seen because it's been a little while. We haven't been on here since, what was it? Uh, uh, Once Tar- Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I have um, I was going to go see that a second time and went to see it instead. Uh, I should have went to see the Tarantino movie a second time because I think I've lowered my expectations to like, like it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've had a little distance from it. Although... A lot of men have told me Tarantino sucks lately, uh-huh. which is um, which is weird because like if a woman isn't there to pat them on the head for it, did it make a sound? You know <laughs> <what I> mean? <laughs> One of my favorite um, sort of things on Twitter is whenever people post stuff like that, you know, like oh this guy whatever misogynist. Somebody will comment back and be like, I hope she sees this, bro. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm ready to see it again. I mean, I was thinking about the cigarette. I I don't know if we talked about that when we reviewed it, but remember he had that he had that acid dip cigarette. Yeah. And um, I forgot about it. Like, I think it means more than I remember. I think it not necessarily why he acts the way he does. Um, for mm-hmm. people to, to refresh people's memories, is before he murders a bunch of people, he smokes a cigarette dipped in acid that he's been saving, which gives him some kind of superpower, I guess. Yeah, that's the way I had thought of it at first, but now I'm thinking. I think the movie has something to do with that cigarette. I think it's um, it's like the cigarette is dipped in nostalgia. That doesn't sound too oh, cheesy. Interesting. Interesting. Like it, it's. It, it makes him kind of untethered. He's mm-hmm. kind of dipping in and out of his memories, and it's all before the cigarette, so maybe that doesn't make any sense. I feel like he's he's loose. He's kind of like a Billy Pilgrim. His mm-hmm. character is not bound by events, and he's causing this distortion as w- whether it's in the past by making like Bruce Lee not as tough miraculously, mm-hmm. right? Like. Like he's in flux or something. I've got this. I can't quite pin it down. I've got this idea I want to explore once I see it again, though. Cool. Cool. Uh, I like it. I like the. I like the idea of the person who, um, or the character rather, who is in the movie but not of the movie, right? Who's like, the, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be so annoying. And say like that's the director, but it is kind of the voice. It is kind of the. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I also saw uh, Creed 2. Did you see Creed 2? No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't see Creed 1. Oh, you didn't? I think yeah. you'd like it. Oh, yeah, really? Like Creed. Creed. Well, I don't know. You were in that. That's that gap. Like, 
you didn't grow up with the Rockies, did you? Oh, I shy at 100% did. I had the whole oh. five movies on uh, in a VHS box set, dude. Okay. And um, guess my I, favorite. Guess my favorite growing up. Guess my favorite Rocky movie. Three. Nope. Four. Nope. What? Two. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Gun. Tommy Gun, dude. The I really mach- related. Machine Gun. That's right. Yeah, I really related to that guy, like you know, turning his back on the father figure, and then that. <laughs> That's that street fight and and where um, that fight's Rock, a good fight. It's where Rocky fight. does the he does like a pile driver on him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. And then that who's that guy? Uh, Bert. What's the fuck is his name? The guy who always looks like shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he's in Peck and Paul movies too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He's in the and he's in the Pope of Greenwich Village. He plays the mobster. Stomp his face in, Rock. Not the. Not the not the trainer guy who died. Oh, oh and I love and I love the kind of like uh, that guy died, and then in Rocky Five he comes in as a ghost, and I was like, how do they do that? How do they get him as a how do they get him as a ghost? It's kind of like they did they did that with Burgess Meredith in Rocky. Oh yeah, you're talking about the same thing about Burgess yeah, Meredith. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, he like comes out of the steam or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's great. Did you ever see uh, uh, State of Grace? No. State of Grace is a great little gangster movie, Irish versus Italian. Wait, does that have Gary Oldman? It does. It I does. have seen that. I and, have and, State of Grace. Gary, Gary Oldman like wanders in from a David Lynch movie or something. Yeah, doesn't, dude. Doesn't act like anyone else. And talk about movie. somebody who's not of the movie but in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's Gary Oldman in like a lot of movies though. In so in a lot of movies he's in. Like he he's yeah. that way in the professional too. He's just like he's just doing his own thing, man. He's so good. He's got those frozen hands. <laughs> I love that. That's their idea of how to uh, get away with murder. He's like, you got your favorite gun, right? You get tired of throwing away your gun, so you got your hands. And he holds up these hands and these two baggies. Mm-hmm. He's like, cops are looking for a dead guy. <laughs> and then he starts like pawing at Sean Penn, saying, "Oh, hands up!" <laughs> like teasing him. It's good it's, stuff, man. It's good shit. But anyway, Burgess Meredith is in that. He has a little cameo where he's the. He's a guy that they're going to shake down for money. And he says, I'm just an old man eating stewed tomatoes out of a can. And he, keeps, he says that like three or four times. To That's his way to convince he doesn't have money. But anyway, <laughs> just an two, old man I'm an eating old some man. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yep. I don't know. I was yeah, going to riff on that, but I got nothing, man. I got nothing. So. Well, you'll, one day you'll be an old man eating stewed tomatoes out of a can and you'll have all sorts of rhymes and poems and <laughs> thoughts on the subject but creed 2 dude i think you'd like the creed movies if you like the rocky movies for people that don't like the rocky movies maybe not so much uh two especially um i watched it on an airplane and it i was very happy with it i mean you know the airplane lowers the bar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so for sure now was, was it was it an airplane where they edited them i just i hate watching movies where stuff's edited so when i well, flew that... um iceland air a uh, big fancy guy yeah I could, dipshit, dipshit heat was edited for you right it was yeah so i kept he kept being like where's the mother forkin or where's the, <laughs> where's the where's the mr falcon that you know did this that or the other one of the most famous edits of all time dude was the tbs edit of die hard did you ever do you ever no. see that he, instead of saying yippee kaye motherfucker he says yippee kaye mr falcon it was not like 
the it, it reached a pinnacle of TV censorship because it was like high art because it it was yes. all non sequiturs for every cuss word like it made yeah. no sense. There's no Mr. Falcon in any of those movies. No I don't sir. Think. No sir. <laughs> no. He's he, <laughs> he's just he's just he's some kind of god figure. Cause, remind you know, me to, remind me to, uh, when I talk about it that stupid line. Um, he quotes Die Hard, and it's so stupid. But I'll get to I'll get to all that. Okay. But yeah, man, Creed Two. It's uh, the plot. This is gonna you know how in Rocky Four, you know the bionic Russian, yes, kills <laughs> kills Apollo Creed, and apparently does permanent brain damage to Rocky because he's mm-hmm. seeing he's like flashing back to previous movies. He's like knocking right. him into knocking him back through time, mm-hmm. and uh, so Creed Two. Um, it's gonna sound better when I describe it because it's not done very. It's not done as well as it could have been, but you know how he's training Creed, Apollo Creed's son. Yeah, Rocky, Rocky is right. I'm um, in the the first Creed, very solid, big rousing movie. You get all that. You get a kind of. You get, if you saw the other movies, you get chills when it's when you kind of realize what's happening and stuff. You know, it, it makes there's a lot of there's a great symmetry to it that he would be training his son because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had three movies for him to. He was the villain in like. Two and a half movies. So right. his his kid makes a lot of sense. So when you get to Creed two, the idea of it is amazing. It's just just a little flat. But the idea is that Drago, and he's in it. Dolph Lundgren's in it. He's got a son. Oh, wow. He's training his son to beat the shit out of Apollo Creed's son. Oh damn. To challenge him. And so Apollo That's or, good. So that this it's the son the son on son violence. And so when they have the weigh in or whatever, you know, he's, he doesn't say a lot, but you know, you just keep thinking about it. This is way higher stakes than a typical boxing movie. Cause he's oh, yeah. straight up, he straight up murdered his dad. Right. He's, sta- he's standing across the scale. Like I thought you'd be bigger shit like that, you know? Oh, wow. So that stuff's pretty chilling. Um, mm-hmm. And they do a great job with making Russia look like the gray wasteland. That right, it, that it is. In I don't think that's right much now. of a stretch, though, is it? I mean, is it really that much of a stretch? I mean, it looks. Have you ever? Not to get too far off the track. Have you ever seen Happy People? Yeah. Wait. Is, am I think? I'm thinking of the Todd Solon's movie. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking it's about happy, happiness. Uh, happiness. Yeah, Happy People is the Werner Herzog no. documentary about people who. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Who live in Siberia, and it's just like. <laughs> If it's if it's not ice cold, it's there's like mosquitoes so thick you can't get through them. It's just it looks yeah. like the most hellish place to live ever. Like Russia just looks like it sucks in general. Yeah, you know? that's where he, that's his where the training's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a and there's a lot of people from like it's as if somebody took Rocky Four and reimagined it through the lens of like our false memory of it is that it's awesome. But if you go back and watch it, it's like a cartoon. Uh-huh. This movie pretends like it was a real serious film, and right. that th- and that this is the very serious sequel to it. So if you're on board with that, which I was fully on board at thirty thousand feet, I was like, I'm all in on this movie, right? Because it's it's fun to imagine it as a respectable film with a very somber follow up, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so yeah, I like it. I I watch that again it's kind of like just like if 20 years from now there's like a sequel to the the gi joe movie with uh with the rock you know and it's just like it's just very kind of ponderous very like meditative sort of like you know my father exactly. was, was joe wait gi joe yes yes the very same 
yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly what it felt like. But yeah, they felt they must have they probably filmed it in Siberia or wherever they're I mean, wherever the tax shelter is. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see the? Bad well, normally it's Canada, Canada right? Like, do? don't they normally just go to, yeah, yeah. to Canada to do that? Yep, um, that's why Cronenberg. That's how he got all his movies done. Um, yeah. But yeah, now there, there's a lot of movies in Belgium. You'll see, uh, you'll see the uh, that in the credits. And Bad Boys Two is looks so cheap. I'm so sad. I mean, Wait. we've talked about Bad Boys Two on here a couple times. Uh, I mean, Bad Boys Three. Oh, Bad they're Boys making 3, Bad Boys Three. The trailer's oh, okay. out. Have you seen this? There's a no. bird movie. Mm-mm. Oh, I lost you. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Cool. Um, I was saying Bad Boys 3, there's a trailer out, and it looks real cheap. That sucks, man. Is it Michael Bay? No. It's mm. uh, Actually, I got unfriended by a couple people for making this joke. It's, it's directed by two Belgian dudes. <laughs> and and I, <laughs> I, said, I said it was directed by two, uh, two European assassins. Because <laughs> if you look at them, I mean, speaking of fucking Die Hard, they look like they would be central casting would cast them in uh, like in the Hans Gruber's gang. They're, that's tight. They just, they just look like European assassins. These directors. Right. I'm sorry. That's what they look like. Right. I mean, you, you might have. Put I didn't know that Europeans were off limits for like making fun well, of. Well, you, know? you know, today was 9/11, and I think people thought it was like a terrorist joke. I oh, I see. But I didn't. Did you see what? Did you see what Ben Whitmer posted on 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 not on Facebook but on uh, Instagram? Yeah, the uh, the two towers with the gender reveal. It's got a pink smoke coming out, and it says these gender reveals are really getting out of hand. I was like, damn, Ben, damn. That was funny, that was pretty, but you know, that was pretty brutal. But yeah, I think that people might have been on edge for me to say anything about assass European assassins. You know what I'm on edge about? You know what I'm on edge about? One point one point five million Iraqis that got killed because we decided to go to war based off of like a lie. You know, I think that bothers me more. But hey, you know what? It's not a competition. It's not a competition. <laughs> you know, it's like nine. Well, the inter- dude, the internet's yeah, fucking embarrassing, dude. The, the internet is so embarrassing. Did you ever get around to watching Dave Chappelle? Speaking of embarrassing internet, no, no. I've been like, you know what's been interesting, dude? I'm gonna humble brag a little bit here. I've been writing. I've been writing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I've been writing. I haven't really done anything because I've been just like I've had a pile of um, reference books and I've just been tapping away. So. I haven't really been catching any flicks lately, so. Um, but no, he, yeah. I think there, there's so, there's enough to it to make it worthwhile. He um, there's some cringy stuff where he's kind of out of touch. It's almost like watching an old, uh, not quite as dated as like an Eddie Murphy stand-up, mm-hmm. where it's just the guy's been out of touch a little bit. So, so some of the stuff makes you cringe. There's a there's a weird monologue about uh, his enemies in the uh, LG um, um, LBG, L- LGBT LGBTQ mm-hmm. yes yeah in that community how they're um, how he's like at odds with them and it, it's kind of funny at first because he says he yells at the audience like you he says you are all the worst motherfuckers I've ever tried to entertain in my life. <laughs> so those, those direct attacks are amazing. But then mm-hmm. when he gets kind of crotchety about, you know, I don't understand what these people are up to. It's a little, it's a little groaner, but mm-hmm. um, 
but there's some really funny stuff buried in that. Mm-hmm. The problem is the problem is that it fucking lands, and you know, I mean, like we said, competition is fierce on the internet about like who can be the most embarrassing. But few things are as embarrassing as like this whole new generation that they don't realize stand-up comedy is offensive. Right. And he, even when he's purposefully, it's like people are saying, oh, good job trying to offend us. Yes, that's what it's supposed to do. And I don't understand how anyone could show, could have any, like you obviously don't, like any comedy at all because you can't go back you go back to any of the greats eddie murphy richard pryor um what like george carlin uh the guy bill hicks guy who died amy mm-hmm. schumer's uh first three stand-ups lenny bruce fucking lenny bruce who just stood there and read racial slurs yeah a uh, red fox these guys are fucking offensive like you can't go back and look at anything without being and that stuff, none of that stuff holds up on. Like if you watch oh, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Murphy dude, Raw, it's rough. You can't. None of that holds up. So, like, you can't fucking cancel Eddie Murphy, you fucking idiot. So, mm-hmm. you don't want to be around comedy. It's supposed to be gross and offensive and make you cringe. And some of the Chappelle stuff doesn't work. The question is, is it funny? Right. Some of it. Some of it's very funny. Well, and it's like, this is my big question, dude. It's like, why did they watch it? Why? What what did they They think was going to happen? Dude, they don't know what fucking comedy ever was. Like, you know who who won't offend you if you go back in time and watch it? You know who will not offend anyone? Ernest P. Whirl? Bill Cosby. Oh, uh, that's true. What what does that fucking tell you? Right. What What does that tell you? Dude, no, it's all the, all the clean cut people, dude, have the most to hide. 100%. Like and and the people who are just out there, I I think it's, I think it's kind of coming to light, right? That that Prince was a generally really good dude, right? And you know that he was was definitely pushing boundaries and stuff like that. And you know you just come to find out that all these people who were like in your face about stuff were yeah. mostly fine in their private life, and then everybody who's like, oh, better not, better not say a bad word on in, on screen, right. like they're hiding. The darkest. Exactly. Like fucking Seinfeld's got bodies in the basement. Well, Seinfeld had a fucking 17 year old girlfriend when he was 39. People are are just discovering. People are finding this out and they're being like, wait a minute. And it's like, oh, yeah. It was, but I mean, that was news back then. I remember seeing that on. uh, Yeah, that's what was funny. You saw that. There was somebody on Twitter said, uh, Hey, remember when we were all okay with Jerry Seinfeld in the seventies? Nobody was girlfriend? okay with that. It's like, first of all, no one was okay with it. Second of all, I looked at the birthday of the person who tweeted that. She was not alive at that time. So what's this we not. shit? It's like yeah. she didn't. She wasn't there, like watching the world uh, turn the tur- you know turn the other cheek to his transgressions. Everyone was ripping on him at the time. Oh yeah, and there was a there was a comedy song put out on the radio making on Howard him. Stern, dude. It was a Howard yeah, Stern a song. Very yeah, a popular song to where he had to go, Seinfeld had to go underground to escape it. it. It was it was definitely on everybody's radar. But anyway, um, you know what's funny about Prince? You just brought up Prince. I like how these dudes like Prince was doing some boundary pushing stuff, but he was in that weird phase where people were putting sex on their CDs. Do you remember this phase? Like they would, uh, maybe like they would, they'd fuck somebody in the studio and then uh. put it. Put it like the moaning backwards on their, ah, yeah. on their uh-huh. CD. Right, right, like, right, right. Like yeah. Axl Rose did it, Prince did it. And right. then you go two albums forward, and then Prince has like 
the heartbeat of his unborn child instead. <laughs> it's like I'm glad we get to glad we get to just watch them go through all these changes right there. Right, on, right, right, right there, right there on disc. Yeah. I'm going through changes. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly, dude. No, yeah, but um, no, I. Uh, it was so funny. I saw this tweet recently where Norm Macdonald was uh, talking to. Or he, he wasn't talking to anybody. He was tweeting. And he tweeted something like, he's like, oh, the Dave Chappelle special is the best thing that I've ever seen. He's a master of comedy. And if you don't think that being offended is what... And then somebody responded to that tweet with like, with this exact phrase, except like, no. And uh, and somebody quote tweeted that and like, imagine responding to Norm MacDonald with except like, no. Um, and it, I think that that's what drives me crazy, dude, is like that internet... That that's like fun. that so that bratty ba- that bratty talk. speak that bratty kind of thing like um well actually uh, except like uh, no and it's like what do you you talk like a grown up please that's oh. what people think is funny that's what, if you want to be if you want to pop off with the with the writing community you have to talk like a baby first of all you have to you have to pull an old Chucky you know um <laughs> you gotta you gotta be like oh there's bats in my wiener or some shit like that um there's a badger in my pants oh it's just and you, you, you gotta, gotta do a, the, you gotta do a sub like a substandard oatmeal type baby talk. Uh, exactly you have to do like the oatmeal if the oatmeal is like, dropped on its head as a child um you gotta love everything you gotta love you gotta be like super excited oh yeah no about yeah. fucking everything you gotta no be negativity. like negativity like your even your stand-up has to that can't be negative like that's no. the that's the only time it ever makes me laugh. I, maybe I'm out of touch because apparently there is a new crop of stand up which feels like self help moments. Like that Hannah, what's her name? Uh-huh, I yeah. watched that, not a laugh to be found. It, but it felt, but it felt like a, if I watched a TED talk, it would be great. Like I right. feel like I got I got to know her, but I didn't want, but I didn't fucking laugh. It's yeah, but it's like, but I don't I don't want to know these people. Like I don't even want to know Dave Chappelle. I don't want to know him. Right. I want to be his friend. Yeah, I want them to be. I want them to put on a show and I, I guess maybe it's changing and we're being left behind. That could be too. Um, maybe. I mean, I, there, no, I, don't I think, think so. everything's being, everything is so different than the, the, the model of it doesn't seem to be the same. And I think that's where I push up against what I'm reacting to, but what I'm reacting to is that it's not even in the same genre anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some hand wringing on the, uh, I get, I'm on his listserv and there was a um, some student who dared to criticize the workshop experience um, on his blog. You know, he did a he was doing a creative writing workshop and he went on his blog and complained about it mm-hmm. and said, like, he hated it. He hated the people. He hated the teacher. He didn't like it, um, which he can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. apparently some other student like, you know, narks to the teacher about it. And now all these people on this listserv were talking to the instructor about how do we handle this? She's like, well, I think I'm going to bring it up in the class so we can all like work through it, like some group therapy bullshit. And I'm just sitting there not typing my answer to this, which would be like, you know, no, just ignore it. Your student hates your class. This is not a microaggression against any other students. This is, this is what happens. You Mm -hmm. can't control that. But then I started thinking that's maybe that's not what a workshop is anymore. Maybe it is this weird everybody's attaching the stories to themselves so much. Everybody's attaching fiction has to be, you know, the author is 100% responsible for everything their character does. So maybe 
in workshop, it is group therapy. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, that's it's, interesting. That's an maybe, interesting point, man. So we have to talk about his, you know, his story is just these, these care, you know, these characters are clearly some sort of cry for help. I can't right. imagine being in that class. I mean, anyway. oh, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, just I can't I can't even imagine if anybody read anything I wrote and thought that that was like me saying those things. You know what I mean? Because you're literally what you do is you create a character. And then you yeah. think, well, what would this character say? And then you say the thing that that well, character. I don't would think say. that's. I don't think that genre exists anymore. I think it's all. There's this sort of, uh, you know, fiction's talking to nonfiction, and authors are now, you know, sewed to their books, and you know, there's <coughs> right. And you, you have to. That's how you. I don't know. But mm-hmm. anyway, anyway, fuck the internet. Uh, do you know what I saw? Do you saw the uh, fucking uh, what's his name died. Uh, Speaking of movies, the guy that was in um, Nighthawks, we made a we made a, a poster out of it with our faces. Um, I can't even think of his fucking name. The guy who was in Nighthawks. Nighthawks, the guy in the Hitcher. Rucker. Oh, Hour. Rucker Hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see uh, Hobo with a Shotgun? I did. I did see that one. I need to rewatch that. So that came out of a weird time, I think, in movies because it had come out of like it was a trailer in Grindhouse, if yes. I remember correctly. It, and they it, won a con- movie yeah, of it. it won a contest, I think. Right, right. And then so they're <laughs> like, oh, we're going to make a whole movie out of it. And I think that that movie and movies like Crank and others like it, there was this really weird time where all you needed was a weird concept and you could take that concept and just see how far. It was kind of exciting, but I've never I've never revisited any of those movies because I feel like I got it. Like once you kind of get through it, you're like, you've seen yeah. it. The 18 different ways they figured out how to decapitate somebody and you're like oh okay that's what that was so it's kind yeah, of it was, it's it kind of over very... it's like going to watch a i don't know like a cirque du soleil twice you're like okay i get it they do they do it bendies was a, it was a very uh it was like a very monster energy drink time right. for movies it was mm-hmm. a lot of extreme movies right it was funny though when he uh when he died there was um you know, uh, on Facebook, everybody's got to put their tribute. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got to everybody's got to announce to everybody that the person died. Um, not sure why that happens, but everybody has to say the exact same thing. I call it the uh, the, the social media obituary industrial complex. <laughs> That's what I call it. Well, it was in full swing because there's been a lot of half-ass celebrity deaths, and nobody could really get on board with those. It's when it's slow. It's when it's slow, dude. I've noticed this. Like we've had busy news weeks for the past two or three weeks. Um, pretty much since the El Paso shooting, it's been a pretty steady news cycle. But the past week has been dead, and so you start to see that shit crop up again. Now yeah, all of a sudden, you hear like, like, "Oh, this person's dead. This person's dead." Right. Like, rest in peace to Daniel Johnston. But I mean, would Daniel Johnston have made the news if it were, right. if it wasn't a slow news week? And it's it's reached a critical mass. It's not like the. Uh... The everyone will be famous in the future for 15 minutes quote came to be. Instead, it was we were we've been along, alive long enough for so many famous people to exist. So now mm-hmm. they're dying. Now they're dying like every five seconds. Now they say like every five minutes someone is shot by a handgun. Well, that they're it's a famous person who's being shot because they're right. dying like every fucking five minutes. Right. And that, and it's like once a week you get a big one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you saw the. Um, the posts were funny because people would attach quotes to him depending on the. He had enough movies where I got to see like personalities sort of rise up. <laughs> like, like everybody had to pick a, a lot of Blade Runner. A lot people of Blade had, Runner. Well, here's the thing you had, you had to pick 
a movie to go with your personality, with your brand, right? Split so, second for the nerds, right? It, dude, you're 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 pretty close. Mm. The cat, the casuals did Blade Runner, right? The you know I've seen things people wouldn't believe. The casuals did that. The hipsters did. So surprised as you are, Blind Fury. Oh, Blind interesting. Fury. Okay, because because yeah. that's you know you get the Zatoichi connection. That's like the that's some credibility. Now the the Edge Lords did Hobo with a Shotgun, mm, okay. um, Flesh and Blood. Right. Uh, now the um, split second was see. Now I don't think people actually saw split second. <laughs> I did. I sure I, did. I just watched it recently because it was such a dead spot in my memory. I I couldn't remember if I saw it or not. It's one of those real claustrophobic, cheap movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I but I could tell if I would have saw it at the right time, I might have really liked it. Like uh, Hardware. Hardware is right. one of those claustrophobic, cheap movies. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so it's one of those kind of movies where, like, to to if you do if you do acid and then you watch that movie, you'll have a <laughs> terrible trip because you like it doesn't it doesn't mean that you start to see how fake the movie is. It means you start to take the movie extremely seriously. I guess stoned works too. Like this is why I I don't smoke weed at all. It's because I would smoke. And then we would watch a movie like Hardware or like Split Second, right? Yeah. And what ends up happening is you start thinking way too much about like the actual, you know, what what is what is like the telos of this movie? You know what I mean? Like what's the <laughs> ontology here, right? And it starts to become utterly terrifying because you're like, this is a world where everybody's in a cramped hallway with it's steam. So cramped. Yeah, it's and, very steamy. Like, it was yeah. very steamy. They had a sub. They they definitely got their use out of that one subway car. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. They're like, we're shooting half the movie right here. So but yeah, every every time people would post, you know, oh, R.I.P. Rector Howard, Split Second, amazing. I would just think you bullshit artist. You never saw Split Second <laughs> only because I was projecting because I never saw Split Second until that right. week. Um, well, it's like they might have seen it, but it's like, is that really? I mean, come on, Blade Runner's the best one. Or it, you well, know, well, if I want, if I want to say, I mean, I think The Hitcher probably I is up there. That, that is the correct answer. You are and um, right. he was also Hitcher. he was really really good recently in um, season three of Channel Zero, which is that horror anthology oh, show did, on yeah, Sci-Fi. He my, was great in that. Yeah, my. Um, uh, uh, free trial ran out before I got to season three. I liked the first two though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great in season three. Season three gets really campy and and fun, and he's uh, he's really great. He's this kind of ageless cannibal demon thing. Okay, but he but he wears like a sense. straw. He wears like a straw hat and kind of dodders around and it just he plays it really well. That's he gives like his like his role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, gotta, I gotta I gotta keep... be real, man. I actually. I never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, well, he, that's the movie, not the show. Oh, okay. Well, I've seen right. neither. Well, the movies, um, yeah, it was it was fun at the time. That's the one where um, it's got like a kid from Nine Hundred Two One Zero's the main guy. Uh-huh. It's not a lot like the show. Pee Wee Herman's in it as one of the minions. Tight. It's 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 a lot it's a lot campier. The mm-hmm. show hit. Um, I, I didn't like the show, but uh, the movie I remember was a good a good rental. But the people that were putting that in the feed, that would be like your 
like your your quirky friend or your gay friend, or they would sure. or they would post the uh, or Lady Hawk. They'd have a quote from Lady Hawk. Oh, Lady Hawk, right, right. I had that on VHS too. Yeah, I had that on a recorded VHS with Name of the Rose. They were on the same VHS. Um, my dad recorded <laughs> those for some reason. That's a good double feature. I would watch uh, Name, Name of the Rose. Dad. Yeah, I would watch Name of the Rose and Lady Hawk, dude. <laughs> It's good stuff. That's a good double feature. But the m- fucking millennial idiots, dude, they would be like, oh, R.I.P. He was awesome in Batman Begins. Or he was uh-huh. awesome in, in Sin City. Yeah, because that was like the only thing that they saw. He was he had bit parts in both those movies. And the fucking social media industry. Wait, the social media obituary industrial complex just does never stop. And I have friends, by the way, who I really like but they can't seem to help themselves. Like every fucking person who dies, they I post. almost did it too. I almost did it too because I like the Hitcher so much. Right. Um, I also like, do you get, do you remember Wanted Dead or Alive where he's like a, he's kind of this crazy bounty hunter type and he puts mm-hmm. a grenade, puts a grenade in Gene Simmons' mouth and blows up his head. I think he might stick a grenade up someone's ass. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Hold on one second. Sorry. Oh, hey, stop. Oh. Quit, quit scratching yourself. My dog is scratching her cone right now. Really it's her annoying. Co- her, cone. her cone, dude. So that's what yeah. I need. I need a cone to keep me off Facebook. Did, hey, did <laughs> you see? Uh, did you see Chernobyl? We never talked about that. No, no, I really want to though. I was reading about how the soundtrack was made from like found sounds. I've oh, that's the other thing, dude. I've been writing a lot, but I've been listening to a lot of music, a lot of a lot of records. I've been doing. Um, I remember listening to Henry Rollins on Joe Rogan's podcast like a year or two ago, and he was talking about how he's like, "Yeah, I, I go, I do the job, I go home, I write, and then I turn on records and I listen to records. I have a big stereo system and I listen to records." And I thought, "Oh, that sounds fucking dumb, dude. That sounds." But that's what I do. Well, I don't have a big stereo system, but I put my headphones on, and at night I've been listening to like two or three albums before I go to bed because I realized like oh I have this Spotify dude I have all these albums that I can listen to oh that's a good idea might as well just like sit so I'll you know do laundry I don't even really listen to podcasts anymore I just I fell down a, a black metal rabbit hole and I've been listening to you know Zaster from 2006 you know subliminal genocide I've just been in my bed listening to, you know, shit like that. And if you play black metal really quietly, it's incredibly soothing. I'm telling you. Like I believe it. I black metal it. quietly. It all blends together. It's almost like um, if you've ever listened to something like Burial or like that kind of airy dub electro music, you know, where it's very atmospheric. Kind of maybe some uh, of like the lighter Aphex Twin stuff. Like black metal is like that if you play it very quietly. It's just it's this kind of like this very atmospheric, spooky. Anyway, I dig it. I write to it. It's good no, stuff. I believe it. I, I used to fall asleep to music like that, and people didn't believe me. But um, like Strapping Young Lad, and oh, I uh, love that. I love Strapping like Young Lad. The, the fat. It's like really fast music at a not a not too low, but not a not blasting. Right. I would I would fall asleep in two songs. Right. And, and Amy would be like, "What are you listening to?" And she'd check out the headphone. I'm like, what is wow. happening? Why? <laughs> but when it's but when it's in your headphones and it's dark out and it's a little low, it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the drum and the drums are like, <laughs> it's so That's, true. It's very soothing. 
Um, I was going to ask you, you said you read The Boys. That's, this will be the last thing we'll talk about. Oh, yes, gonna... I have read The Boys. See, yes. I had a question about The Boys because it's a yes. great series. Um, uh-huh. And I was watching it and I was thinking, this might be the only time a TV show has duplicated that kind of anything goes free for all of 90s, early 2000 comics. Like that's the, although I, I stopped reading them right about then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a time when I was reading stuff like, like uh what was it uh demon was mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and um what was it? and all that uh that simon beasley stuff like those lobo ones where right. it's just super gross and mean right and so you, you left me feeling kind of gross right and the the boys is the closest i've seen to that like preacher is close but preacher is so off the reservation as far as being nothing like or it's, it's got the vibe of the books but i can't really something about it doesn't click with me but the, the boys is really duplicates that experience of reading those kind of perverse late nineties mm-hmm. comic books. Listen, dude, I have, I have a thought about this, right? And the like, books have, are, you said the books are like that, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And so, so I have this thing recently where, um, something that'll get my hackles up is if I see somebody use the term edgy in like a ironic or sarcastic way where they're like, Oh, you're so edgy. Right. And my whole thing is like, but I love edgy stuff. You know what I mean? Like stuff that's supposed to be fucked up. Because I think that that's sort of what I came of age watching. Like I grew up watching Fight Club and Itchy the Killer and, you know, movies like that. That Like the, the, you know, the midnight movies type stuff. And when I found comic books, when I found like uh, Grant Morrison's The Filth or, you know, Garth Ennis. um, Garth Ennis did Preacher and and, and The Boys. Yeah, yeah, Garth um, He had yeah. something. Oh, I can't remember it. There's just a big spread on the comic book page where a plane hits a beach, and it shows everybody that's getting just oh. mutilated by it. I don't remember what it was called though. I don't either. But like, but I remember, so you I had remember that... closing and thinking that was the kind of the last word on where those comics could go. Like, yeah, dude. There's like Sam Keith with the Max. I don't know if you remember the Max. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but like all all these comics, dude. Mister Gone. We're just pushing all these like envelopes, very, and you knew that you could punk. open them up, it and very, it was very punk. It was it's yeah. punk, and so like when people are like, "Oh, there you are trying to be edgy," I'm like, "Dude, edge is all I got. It's all I got. It's my entire aesthetic." <laughs> Let like, me have this one thing. That's the problem. That's what happened to Bizarro, dude. Was that it? Was it? It was like edgy. Edgy was its whole thing, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it became not okay to be edgy, and they ran into a sort of a, a bit of a conundrum there. So they're like, weird, wait, yeah. what do we do? I, we've we've built this whole genre off of like, you know, the the baby's first abortion and you know, ass goblins of Auschwitz and shit like that. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? Now that like edgy has become like a thing that you roll your eyes at, you know, if you if you try to yeah, do it, feels... it like pokes people's buttons, they're like, oh yeah, man, real edgy. <laughs> I'm like, I like that shit though. Give me some more of, of that. Some of the stuff that I've noticed coming out of that scene lately has some of the edgy window dressing but there's definitely it's like that the new sincerity movement with lit right. remember that like there's definitely something going on where it's kind of justifying its edge mm-hmm. uh which i think is kind of a turn off to people that started with where it was more of a free-for-all mm-hmm. yeah um, if that makes any sense this is just from a couple that i've read there's um 
Well, some of those new sincerity ones can be like pretty brutal, but it's done very sincerely, right? Yeah, like you it's, have to have it's like reason has invaded or something, and it never needed reason before. No, reason yeah. in both both definitions. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it's like give me something gross and mean. That's what I want. That's what I want in my art. That's what I'm finding in music. Like I'm you finding wanna, gross, like the... mean stuff, and like I'm listening to the body. Have you ever listened to the body? It's this uh, yeah. noise core metal band where like the lyrics are literally just a dude shrieking in this like falsetto. He's like, wah, wah, and it's just all this these crunching, grinding guitars, very r- little rhythm, and um, they. Like- Mike Patton's album that yeah uh, yeah 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 no it's a lot it's a lot like some of his more like experimental stuff and the body is it's two guys and uh they took these promo photos of them like in a window with like assault rifles uh like pointing them off into the distance and people are like oh yeah real edgy and I'm like I like that that's cool man like it's fucking (laughs) fucking extreme dude fucking hard so I think that's what I like about like music and I don't know the world of music i don't want to know um but i feel like music is that is that realm where you can still be that kind of like like black metal dude you can be corny and goofy and paint your face and sing about locusts and shit and have people be like fuck yeah dude that's awesome we might be going through something similar because i'm also kind of regressing with my music Mm -hmm. where because like nobody would probably argue that black metal is too dynamic musically but it has a but and i don't know a ton about it but it has a, it definitely has a sustained aggression to it. Yep. Um, so I've been listening to uh, the Thermals, which is a, um, okay. kind of, it's like a punk band, but they've, they kind of got like a hold steady kind of singer. You'd probably hate them, but I've, I've gotten into this lo-fi uh, right. uh, phase. So I, cause I discovered Husker Du very late in life. Is that even how you pronounce it? Yeah. But but it sounds like their albums are recorded like in a mayonnaise jar. Love it's that real, shit. I real, love it. Real brittle and shrill. Mm-hmm. And at first, I thought this sounds like shit. You yep. know, give me <laughs> where's my low tune guitars? Where's my where's my corn untouchables? Where they paid three million dollars to produce yep. it with every sound effect under the sun. Uh-huh. Instead, this is you know somebody in a metal closet. So I I saw this ad for. Uh, or this review for the Thermals debut because I liked what I heard on the one that a friend sent me in and I, I wanted to dig back into it. And it said their, their no fi debut is a bit of a trial to the years. And I thought, Ooh, Ooh, yes. you speak yes. my language. Give it and, to me. And it, and it does sound, apparently it was recorded in somebody's living room with no production bells oh, or whistles yeah, at all. And um, I'm finding it very satisfying. So I think we're, we're just like maybe we're folding in on ourselves, like like fucking dying maybe. insects, and we're just yeah, like bring, yeah, yeah. bring this bring the clatter in with us because the the big well, expanse expansive sounds I'm kind of leaving behind. Well, here's the thing: I think that there is is something to be said, and this is a very music hipster thing. There's something to be said for there being personality to art that I think is really lacking for me, at least. It's been really lacking in things like TV and movies and books, to be honest. Like. I haven't gotten a sense of kind of raw humanity from books. Everything's a little bit too polished for me. Everything's a little bit too, you know, presentable. And I think music is one of those last places where weirdos go, where they're like, like you said, this was recorded in a mayonnaise jar. uh, And it's, it's consists of 
you know, an accountant and his three stoner buddies, uh, you know, it's called dipshit, right? And and they, yeah, and the, they the, the thermals album is called fucking A. Fucking A, right, right, right. Yeah. It's like and it's 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 like being twelve years old again and being like, Oh yeah, like I I'm this is ugly and I, I like I think there's the, something to the the dirtiness of it. The, mm-hmm. Like the the low the, the no fi aspect is probably our response to to these movies too. The response to the Marvel movies and the the word these big these big um, these big popular serials have taken over the screen and we're we're like I think it it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say that we're hiding from it right that, well that's, and that's the thing and that's and that's why I say that I I want. I think I crave really like gross, offensive, dirty DIY stuff because that's just so antithetical to everything that I see, not just in art, but just like every day that I go on the internet. Yeah. Well, the, I think the boys, uh, it's pretty shiny, you know, it's not, it's not quite that, mm-hmm. but it, but it did have an anything goes feel to it. I, I, it felt dangerous mm-hmm. and, um, and that's probably because of its, placement it's like on hulu or something you know it's or prime amazon prime so it doesn't have to it doesn't have the, the comic code stamp you know you know when um, you um you know when you watched something like itchy the killer or irreversible or something like that mm-hmm. and if, even before you got to the really net well i guess in itchy the killer it's right up front but even before you got to the really really nasty stuff it felt like the movie was just sleazy like it was like dripping in some kind of ooze that you could just feel before it ever got really nasty. Like I want that. Like where are those movies? You know, there's a there's a bit of that in this. Although I will say it hasn't quite reached the. They haven't really gone page to screen on those on that feeling of those of those comics. Like there's a maybe you you remember this if you read the books that I didn't. Um, that the Homelander character, the, the mm-hmm. Superman type character, he has mm-hmm. X-ray vision and he's got kind of like mommy issues. So he's looking through the wall, watching his the object of his uh, obsession, his boss, this uh, woman's using a um, breast pump to feed her baby, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of watching that through the wall, yeah, which is already right. skeevy, right? Because he's mm-hmm. watching it in a sexual way. Well, then later they're kind of snuggling because she kind of treats him like a baby, and he's suckling, he's like suckling on her fingers, and I remember thinking, and then the scene cuts, and I thought, you know. That's pretty skeevy, but I'll bet anybody ten bucks in the comics. She's probably literally breastfeeding Superman. Mm, yeah, because the comics yeah, are yeah. the comics were so off the charts, right? Right. T- right TV's right, right. not TV's not quite ready to have somebody breastfeed Superman to yeah. take a shit on Superman, but yeah. it's but it's close. Yeah, it's maybe close. season two, maybe in season two. <laughs> so let's but, uh, let's talk about the clown. Yeah, let's talk about the fucking clown. So you want me to? Uh, well, I'm just gonna tell you right now: do not go see this movie. I wasn't going to. It's fucking garbage, dude. Mm-hmm. I saw part one, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." Well, what's weird? It's oh, where do I even start? Like the part two is a remake of part one. Mm-hmm. You see, half the time you spend it with the kids anyway. I I thought I was gonna go see the. The adult version, right? Mm-hmm. We saw we saw the Stranger Things version, and now we're going to see the adults. Well, the adults literally have nothing to do. Yeah. So they've taken the kids and they've crammed them into it. And this is their this is their own fucking fault because 
the book is structured so that you bounce back and forth between timelines so that you get a double, a double climax, which, um, probably affected me terribly because I've been doing that in anything I write ever since. It's yeah. like, you know, why do it twice when you can do it 10 times? Mm-hmm. He's got like this, kind of like a quadruple climax in all these different timelines because he's bouncing back and forth. But, it, but what it does is it disguises the fact that the adults don't have a lot to do mm-hmm. because they've solved the problem early on and then they just have to do it again. Mm-hmm. If you remember the end of the first movie is, you know, Tell it you're not scared of it. Shout it down, and it shrinks and it falls into the into the well. And they're like, "Huh? We just had to believe it couldn't hurt us, right?" Right, right, right. right. Well, they literally just have to do that again. So the movie doesn't know what to do. So the movie has the the adults show up, and then they immediately scatter to go find a token of their fear or some shit. So they wander. So they wander around town, and then they get scared by a series of creatures mm-hmm. but they've already cracked the code so what are they doing so they so they're they're just kind of getting chased around by things that can't hurt them because i guess the clown can't hurt them mm-hmm. um, it it kind of takes swipes at them but never hits them because right. the rule the rules aren't established it's it's just like well it can eat people right like it it eats people but it can't eat them because they know it eats their fear or something mm-hmm. i don't know dude the, the rules are so slippery that and like because the presentation of the threats is backwards so that what happens is you have the movie starts off with a lot of fantasy scares coming at the adults i don't know if, did you read the book i did so yeah the book is great like it's a mm-hmm. book talk about talk about edgy like the book is stephen king being as edgy as he can be oh yeah so in the book, I don't know if you remember, they open a bunch of fortune cookies and one of them is like eyeballs. And yeah, there's an eyeball and there's a bat wing and all that stuff is literally in there. Um, they added a screeching baby cockroach for some reason. I don't know. They had to up it. You know, they had to make things chase them. <laughs> How funny would it be, though, if it was a cockroach and it was like, oh, <laughs> it, it's it's sort it sort of is <laughs> it sort of is. So we're like, like it's like an opera singer. That'd be funny, too. Anyway. So they got so that happens. And so a lot of things keep happening where they have to, they have to yell, it's not real, it's not real, and then it's not real. And so this happens probably a dozen times. Then the real threats start showing up. And what, but what they've done is they've reversed it so that by the time the real threats show up, we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know, we don't even know what we're looking at anymore. If you remember in the book, I might be remembering this wrong, but I remember in the book, the clown realized it was kind of in trouble with these people. So it, found all the bullies that used to fuck with them and it got them out of jail and it got them out of the insane asylum and it sent them on a murderous path to kill these kids, to kill the adults. So here you have the adults version of the bullies clashing with the adults. And I remember when I got to that part in the book, I thought, Oh shit. Yeah. It's, it's on now, right? Here's Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. this is the fucking showdown I wanted because now it's tangible. Right. Well, the movie fucks this up so bad, dude. So, Mm -hmm. It has so many false scares that by the time it gets the bullies out, it gets the bullies out like one of them has a literal ghost driving a car and driving the bully around. So I don't even know if I have real people that I'm looking at anymore. Uh, right. And, and when the bully stabs the one guy in the face, which I think is right in the book, um, it's done in such a weird, quippy, half comedy way that I think I turned to Amy and said, 
is this is this happening? Is this real? Like mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know because right. so many things have been they've pulled the rug out on all the fake scares. Mm-hmm. And it's not handled like a real threat. It's not given any weight. And so nothing has any impact. There's a moment when one of the kids' mother is tied up in a basement. It's like a Jacob's Ladder knockoff scene where there's a creepy doctor shit going on and people's heads are shaking like Jacob's Ladder. And, again, I'm, and I'm thinking, is, is the mother really tied up? No, because it's the old version of the mother. I don't know. What's happening? Is it real? And this is when it has probably the biggest misstep and uh it, it's a it's a huge misstep because for a minute i kind of woke up and thought this is interesting is this is the movie fucking up my friend mark called it the worst needle drop in history <laughs> the he gets attacked the kid as an adult gets attacked by the leper he's afraid of in the first movie uh-huh right 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 and he realizes that it has no power over him so he starts to choke it to death the leper or the clown, like clown as leper, panics and pukes all this black shit over his face. In that moment, a song kicks in that, just call me angel of the morning, babe. And then it cuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a split second. What the fuck? And, and then it cuts. And then the guy, and then he makes some joke and the kid gets away. And I remember thinking, what the fuck is going on? Did they. Did, it feels like they had no faith in the material mm, that there was okay. that there was there was tampering later that later maybe a test audience you know revolted and they said this isn't working it's not scary so right. they, they start sprinkling in humor gags yeah, right. there's a lot there's a lot of like the the guy who's the hypochondriac he's this kind of nattering little loser right so he's always running his mouth but it's not really funny but they they seem to be cramming in a lot of lines in his mouth. Uh, right, right, right. The right. Um, the Bill Hader character is the only one who comes out decent because he's a decent actor. He he gets the couple funny lines, as I recall. I don't remember the lines, but I remember thinking, when the camera's on him, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, Did you see yeah. that video, by the way, the deep fake with Bill Hader, where he turns into Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah, I did. That's I did. fucking wild, dude. Man, the future is scary. Yeah, he um, he's an interesting guy. I like Barry. Um, some some of Barry's, I think it's gonna it's gonna fall apart. But I, I like the show Barry. But this uh, we he, actually he, we talked we talked once at a comic con because he's from Oklahoma. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was very brief. I was just like, he was just like, hey, anybody here from Oklahoma? And I was like, hey, me. And he was like, hey man, where where are you from? And I said, Norman. He said, oh. Me, me too. That was it. <laughs> That's that was pretty it. sweet. Yeah, it was pretty cool, dude. It was my celeb encounter. That's was... more more celeb encounters than I've had. But yeah. but yeah, dude, he's he's decent in it, but it's it's few and far between his moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I'm just not even. I can't even tell you how little of a story there is to this, and the idea that I mean, there's no. There's no story, but there, but it's three hours. It's three hours of no it's story. It's three hours long? Yeah, that's another thing. That's why I knew you weren't going to go what see it. What the fuck is dude, going this, on with movies movie, these days, dude? Why does a movie need to be... I saw a tweet the other day from a film critic named Priscilla Page who's very smart and normally on, on, on the level with what I think. And she was like, if you can't sit in a three-hour movie, you're fucking stupid or something like that. And I was like, no, dude. 
no, I just, I have a busy life. Like, my life isn't movies, you know? I just, I would like to watch something, I, I knew and you then it'd be do done. It. I tried to get you to go see it, but then I knew that that meant hiding the runtime from you as long yeah, as Yeah, you didn't say that shit to, to me, dude. You didn't say, by the way, it's three hours. You were I like, could, yeah. yeah. What am I, I going to say? I'm going to be like, hey, go check out it. It's two minutes shorter than The Godfather. Jesus Part two. Christ. I hope that that's okay. <laughs> Why are movies so fucking long? There's no, dude, there's no story. It's, it, they, they do nothing and it takes place, I think it takes place like a day. There's no scope to it. Just wall-to-wall CGI and blumhouse jump scares. Mm-hmm. And it's got this thing that drives me nuts about movies lately. I think last year my biggest gripe was the... The, um, the head tilt. The head tilt. And the year before that was the... Uh, when they have a display that's like this weird hologram floating there, computer gibberish, that they're mm-hmm. navigating with their fingers that does nothing... This year, it's the underpopulated movie. The underpopulated movie is really getting to me. And this is definitely an example of an underpopulated movie. It's like the opposite of what we said was interesting about hardware and uh, split second. Is um, it's, it's, this, it's this vast space, with, but with no scope. There's no one in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's... They show, I swear, dude, they show the same street corner of Derry like five times. And it's just this back lot of mm. this, this intersection. And mm. there's no, there's like no extras. It's just nobody doing anything. There's mm. no one, no one exists in this town because it's just cheap garbage. It's just something that they threw together in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on a sound stage or a back lot and they're just kind of running around getting scared by, and not even the movie, the book had all these freakish original threats. They've discarded all those in favor of every time, dude, I'm not even exact. Every time is a generic screeching ghoul, right? Whether it's the leper or the old lady or a fucking zombie. It's all got this kind of zombie look to it. It's like, they all look like the I am legend. Ghouls. So what you're saying is like, this is basically a three hour haunted house movie, except you're yes. not, you're not in it. You're just watching other people get scared. And even like within the context of the movie, these are about as threatening as people being in a haunted house. Cause they can't be killed by them or possessed well, you, by you them. You don't know. You don't know what the rules are. You know, there's a, oh. you know, I, I guess it can't kill them. It can't kill them if they're not afraid of it. They established yeah. that in the first movie. So it doesn't really do anything, but it keeps chasing them out of areas for for two hours. Jesus. Then then it gets even fucking worse. I mean, it's full of flashbacks to the kids because they want to remind you of Stranger Things, you know. Uh-huh. They want to pander to everyone who likes the first movie. So they got to shoe, shoehorn in this like Cliff Notes version of the first movie with flashbacks. But what they've done accidentally is what they should have done to begin with which is make a movie that bounces back and forth between the timelines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But it's because instead you've got the adults doing nothing. I mean, well, they go on a legend of Zelda hunt for quote tokens, whatever that means. Ugh, so, but, so stupid. So they'll find like a quarter that meant something to them or a fucking, uh, no, a postcard. And then they go this, I'm not even kidding you, dude. So then they go to the sewer to burn them all together in a ritual 
where they say where the the one kid is like the one guy he's grown up mike he says okay we have to the ritual of of chud or whatever which is in the book but i don't remember it being this stupid mm-hmm. he's like you know and it's just a bunch of fucking fantasy gibberish he's like we will burn a token of our fear to banish the ancient evil that has fallen from the heavens that was foretold and dreams. dreams and fears and evils and fears and dreams and fire and you're just like shut up shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything it's just fucking junk drunk right. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, because exactly, because there's no, like, rules <laughs> to establish that that's what you have to do anyway. Yeah, and, like, and so, but they do that, and it doesn't work. And then the clown comes out, turns into a fucking spider, and then they say, we're not afraid of you, you can't hurt us, and it starts to shrink. And they make it into this, like, clown baby, <laughs> which, I, to be honest, I kind of liked that part, because mm-hmm. it was this freaky-looking little clown baby. Right. And they're, like, they're, like, yelling at it, and it's looking sad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I thought. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, do you remember the witches of Eastwick when they yeah do the same thing? They have a ritual. They realize they have no power over him, and he turns into this weird little like wood sprite golem looking deal. This little yeah. fucking yeah. That's that's the same kind of. It's actually now that I think about it, it's kind of a ripoff. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's that's so the end. They just yell at it till it shrinks. <laughs> damn dude it's like it's like my penis i don't know i tried i tried i saw i saw it there in the distance and i was like should i do you yell at it till it shrinks yeah dude yeah exactly (laughs) walk walk around semi tumescent and i'm like you go away you have no power over me and it's like me they also do these um, these, baby there's also these other uh minor annoying things like Uh uh-huh they keep saying the word it uh-huh. like they're talking about the movie. Uh-huh. We have to kill it. We have to. I see. Yeah. You, know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to where you just want to say we get it. That's the name. Mm-hmm. Of the movie. We understand. But nobody would say that. They'd say we it have like to kill say, it. Yeah. They keep doing that. And like, wouldn't they give it a name? They, wouldn't, they, wouldn't it have? Well, it literally something. has a name. It's a Pennywise. It Pennywise, has a fucking name. right. But they, the it thing doesn't work. And it, I think they're trying to do, like in the thing, Kurt Russell would say, well, "How we got to kill these things?" Mm-hmm. Like he didn't say we got to kill the thing. <laughs> you know, right. it's right. dumb. And, right. and speaking of the thing, they have a thing ripoff scene. You know the thing pretty well, I assume, since you're yes. an, an American male between you know ten and fifty. Yeah. So the, when the head sprouts legs and runs around. Mm-hmm. This fucking movie dude does that scene even the same shots the same lighting the oh, same geez. the same lines for no reason mm. so, that's what movies are now though dude it's people taking things from old stuff and saying you you like this remember remember you like this well that's what they're doing they're saying let's throw out all the freakish threats of the book to do a cgi copy of a scene from another movie without you could have made that work in they're too stupid to realize just have one of the characters obsessed with the thing. Because mm-hmm. if you think about the book, they, there was people had obsessions with the universal monsters or I was a teenage werewolf. Then they, that's the fear that attacked them. So just have one of the characters say, or be watching the thing or make a reference to the thing. So then when the spider head shows up and then the, the Richie mm-hmm. character act, I swear to God, he turns his head and says, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Just like in the movie, the thing it's so lame. But it would make sense if he was into the thing. But they don't even—they're not even smart enough to think about a way to port it over into their current <coughs> ref, 
reference that they're right. trying to jam in there. They're that they're that fucking lazy, dude. They're that fucking lazy. Man, I am so. glad that I don't watch movies anymore. These, oh, these also, things suck. They also movies added. Suck. They they do, dude. But they've. I'm not. I don't know. Should I even keep going? There's a. They've also done this thing where they've changed. The kids grew a little older between now and part one and part two. Mm-hmm. So the, so they've had to like they did with Picard's face in those later Star Trek. <laughs> they've smoothed him over. They look. The kids look weird. They they look CGI. That's and weird. Yeah. And they've they've heliumed up their voices. I was gonna say because it's kids. like it's like guys, we better be careful. There's a <laughs> there's a spooky clown over there. I'm gonna be gotta be. <laughs> yeah, there's some moments where it was jarring where I I, I turned to Amy like I, I don't understand who's talking. Like is the clown taunting them? Right. But the but it's the kids. They have this weird. It's like uh, it's like Prince and his his album full of uh, what was the the name of. Uh, starts with the C. Camille is Camille songs. Mm-hmm. You got you got the luck. It's all these healing voices. That's weird, um, man. Well, any final thoughts on it? Because it sounds like it just sucks balls. It's bad. Um, sounds like a big old sounds like a big old steaming turd. Well, I want to I want to get into whatever it is you wanted to talk about last time when we didn't get the pod. Because you, 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 you were chomping at the bit to talk about some stuff, and I want to. I feel like chopping it up. I'll chop up a little bit here, but I want to ask you one question about the book it, because I didn't, I do not remember this was, um, was the Richie character. Was he a closeted gay man? He was not. Okay. So that's new. Um, uh-huh. which is odd because right. I think, I think they're doing it as a way to kind of throw a bone to, to be progressive but i think it's it comes across very odd because that means the bill Hader character is a closeted gay man like in his 40s right so isn't that kind of that's kind of regressive isn't it doesn't that make it seem weirdly old-fashioned and i was gonna say are are, do those still exist do those still exist (laughs) i know it's it's a strange thing and there was that i don't know if you saw that article where they were saying uh Somebody said um, the clown from It, uh, strangely anti-gay. And I did see that. Yeah. yeah. And so, somebody responded, "Oh, the killer clown, not an ally." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and I think that's not the that's not the issue. Uh, the issue is the weird attempt to to throw a bone where, where you get a closeted gay man in his late forties and it's treated. It's just so odd. Like, what a weird addition. And I think mm-hmm. I I can't be sure. It feels like it was done because when they go off to find their tokens of their fear or whatever, which I think was just manufactured for this. Is his a, is a vagina? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's better than what it was. No, oh. he goes to a he goes to an arcade where he wanted to play one more game with someone, and the guy is like, "What are you gay? Am I your boyfriend?" So uh-huh. he brings back the literal token from the arcade to burn, which won't burn in the fire. Which they have to then comment on and say, "Will that even burn?" It feels like it was made up on the way to the set, right? And I think right. then they thought, "Well, we've introduced this. Maybe later we have to address him being maybe gay." When mm-hmm. I, I think it still would work by just saying somebody was 
harassing him. You know, little sure. boys, little boys starting their first friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just getting could, emasculated, right? Like just kind of, you know. Or you know, they could he could be doing very gay things. Straight boys do very gay things when they're little boys. We've talked about some of that. Know, maybe you, man. Maybe you, not me, dude. <laughs> Not me. I was. Uh, I was just. Right? By the time I was. By the time I was ten years old, I was just fucking chewing beef jerky and fucking <laughs> spitting and fucking pushing girls in the mud. Yeah, dude. I was doing all this, all the straight guy stuff. A friend of mine, uh, he revealed to me a couple of years ago. He's like, "Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to spoon with this other dude under the." bed i don't know what that's all it was, just like, <laughs> it was just like coming back to him it's like we were just yeah. gonna rub, rub up against each other i don't yeah and, and I'm nah, just, that's all right dude I, we, yeah, all, we, all yeah, did, we all did stuff no, that yeah, dude, i can't judge anybody i used to call people and smack my dick against the phone i mean <laughs> if, if he, that's still my he, favorite that's still he, my favorite story of yours he is, who has not done that cast the first stone. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I feel like jackass was a way for a lot of us, uh, you know, to varying degrees of straight dudes to, like, get out our, our latent homosexual tendencies because it could be like, bro, my nuts are on your head. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, bro, get your nuts off my head, bro. It's fucking gross. But, you know, I mean... Or like, hey, check it out. And then you would just like whip your dick out and people would be like, oh, man, he got Why? us again. Why? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, but um, like super, just also, regular, regular straight guy stuff, you know. Yeah. that So that moment is, is odd. And it, it is weird. And it is. And, and they kind of introduce a new bully in that moment, I think. There's, it's so confusing with the bullies because... But they back up to, do you remember the opening of the book was, uh, there was a gay man murdered and it was based on a true story in the news at the time. I don't remember that. That was in the book? Yeah. The opening oh. scene of, of the book is, uh, was it Adrian Mellon is the guy's name. He has an I love dairy hat and all these rednecks are like, take the fucking head off. I see. Uh, cause he's, cause he's holding hands with somebody and then they beat him up and throw him in the river and the clown gets him. I see. Um, and it's a, and it's a trippy opening, uh, where Actually, the things don't really act like that later in the book. It, it feels like its own set piece that Stephen King right, started okay. there. Then the drugs kicked in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what's weird is that there are there are bullies in that moment. You know, there's just some arbitrary rednecks beating the shit yeah. out of him. Uh-huh. So, so follow me here for a second. So the first movie we establish these child bullies are their like sworn enemies. They're they're branding these kids. They're like cutting their stomachs. There. Oh yeah, I feel like we talked about this when we did the pod. We did a podcast on it where it was like yeah. I I knew bullies back in the day. Well, I usually I kind of just was the bully, but um, oh, yeah, I, I know. But like, but the bullies that I knew, like, yeah, it was never like I'm gonna fucking cut your finger off, you know? Like that's <laughs> that's insane. Like no way. Well, I don't know. Well, there, but there, movies are always like that, where it's like the bullies like I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Stephen King has some really terrifying bullies his bullies are trying to murder people there he has this vibe of the 60s greaser 50s greaser crazed maniac right and so that's what they had in the first movie so you got these bullies are established as their sworn enemies then this movie then starts with the opening scene of the book where you have a whole new group of bullies that you never see again i don't think i don't know they all look the same then it jumps to the it shows a flashback of uh, Bill Hader getting picked on in the arcade by some bullies. 
Then the adult versions of the first bullies are broken out of jail Mm -hmm. to go kill the heroes. So I'm just was baffled. I'm like, who, where are our people from the first movie? Because they don't look the same anymore. Right, right. And just give me, I want it to be like a five on five. These are, you know, that's, that is something my mind can wrap its head around. Mm -hmm. Here are are the bullies. Here are the losers. They fight twice. They fight twice, dude. Yes, they fight twice. You took it full circle. They didn't fight twice because they kept, because the structure was so weird. I didn't know who they uh, even were. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, anyway, all right. I'm a, a, yeah, give me, give me five seconds. I'm going to grab the charger for my vape, which by the way, Trump is going to ban vapes is what he says. Um, Great. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. We can't have any deaths at the uh, because of some device. I mean, right? Know, some, yeah. I thought of yeah. personal responsibility. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's getting some backlash from his base on that. He might have he might have stepped in at this time because you know the right is nothing if not like personal freedom type people. You know, so it's like this thing could be full of heroin, and they'd be like, "Well, you're just going to take it away." Well, you know, it should be people's choices to fucking, you know, die of an opiate overdose or whatever. Hold on. I'm just going to grab my charger. Be back in like okay. three seconds. <clears throat> All right. I'm back. back. Okay. Write down the time code. Yeah. You, might want, you might want it later. I do want that later just so I can go in there and sniff that out. All right. All right, we're good. All right, so let's let's chop it up, bro. What's well, the, what, the what, thing, what's on your mind? There were two things on my mind. The mm-hmm. one, the main thing was, I've been thinking lately how the internet has has destroyed me. Yeah, the internet has kind of ruined my creative life, and I'll tell you why. I okay. I used to be, I was kind of an idea man. Okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I I would have a lot of I would have a lot of ideas before other people would have them, or at least other people that I knew would have them. It's like, uh, you ever see Night Shift? Uh, Michael Keaton, he's like, I'm an idea man, Chuck. Uh, yeah. We get rid of, you know, we, we, for tuna fish sandwiches. You feed the tuna fish the tuna, and then you cut mm-hmm. out the middleman. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, I had a lot of high concept ideas. Well, when the internet came along, you know, now you have, it's like the fucking, like the saying, you know, there's a, there's a billion chimps on a billion keyboards and they, and they eventually, they get to the ideas first, or even right. if they get to the idea right when I did, you know, even if the, the, the say the zeitgeist is happening for everyone. Right. So I, it's like, we all get there at the same time. It doesn't yeah. matter because these, the idea guys, the, the guys who are not, when they would say somebody's witty but not smart, I was um, that. I was right. that. So the 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 ideas, the big ideas, I'm I have been destroyed by the internet getting there first. And now, meanwhile, the workhorse plot guys, not the idea guys, they've lumbered along mm-hmm. like to, like tortoises, and they have won yep. the race. That's they've right. The, they have won the race. That's right. I cannot compete with the hive mind. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. If I'm an idea guy, I can't do it. Every time I think I have something, I I, I dread Googling it because the the, a billion chimps have typed it out. Right. Anyway. No, I get you, man. That's that's where I'm at. Um, with this thing that I'm working on right now, I haven't. I've told literally nobody what it's about. 
um, just because like this was like my one idea where I'm like, ooh, I don't think anybody's done that yet. And that's, frankly, that's I just I don't care. That's when frankly, I just don't care. I don't at this point. I don't care. Um, and I think it just probably has to lead to a different style of writing. So that's also what I'm doing right now. I'm doing this kind of interesting thing. I don't even know. Should I talk about it? Maybe. Should I talk about it on the pod? No. No, I shouldn't. Somebody will, yeah. somebody will scoop you. Yeah, somebody they'll scoop me. They'll write it in three days and be like, oh, look, this is my idea. Yeah, I won't even talk about it. Yeah, we, we tend – there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of people who like to listen and, and tell nobody that this podcast exists um, <laughs> because that's kind of like what the internet does now. Like there there are people who are in the mines and it could be for anything. It could be for pictures of buildings. It could be for recipes. It could be for fiction, right? And there are these people in the mines, like you and me, who just kind of we're naturally creative people and we come up with stuff and we're always thinking we can never turn our brains off. And we just say things, and nobody wants to tell anybody about us because they know that, like, once they do, their idea well will be found out. <laughs> and if people go back through the archives, they'll be like, oh, so pretty much everything that you've come up with recently was already on the Almost Good podcast. And this sounds crazy. We've talked about this before, like how crazy we sound when we do this, but it fucking happens, dude. An entire movie yes. got made. You know, that's just basically your book, I which, by the way, I know you fuckers are listening too, because I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw that that episode jumped up in a day. It had more listens than like a lot of our podcasts combined in one day. I'm like, oh, so the word got out to somebody, yeah, and everybody was, was everybody was scrambling around listening to it. Like, oh fuck, Do it was they like the, it's the, the, the case? It's the old the old joke. Uh, how many lawyers does it take to listen to a podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it like it like quadrupled in in twenty four hours. Twenty four hours in twenty four hours. Yeah, it was it was and it was and it was radio silence on that thing for about two full months before that happened. Because I think we're averaging about one podcast a month, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It took about two three months, and then it was when we had just come out with the last one actually, and I went to go upload that one. And I was like, what the fuck is this spike? I was looking at my graph and it's like this little boop, 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 you know, like four downloads, five downloads, six down, you know, like per day, right? Yeah. It just jumps up. It's like 300 downloads. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who's, who's, uh, who's out there? So anyway, Someone, hi, everybody. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Stop stealing our shit. Stop stealing my shit. <laughs> um, but no, but it, it it is one of those things. I, I totally get what you're saying. Where um, that's what is contributing to seeing, I think, the flattening out of of art. Because like you're saying, it's you have to be completely willing to just not really. You either have to have a completely unoriginal idea and be fine with it, or you have to like. I tell this story a lot, and I can't. I actually legitimately can't remember who the author is now, but he wrote this series of assassin novels. Where it was basically the Jason Bourne books, but you know, a different guy is like Mr. X or something like that. And I listened to him on a podcast, and the interviewer asked him where he got the idea for the Mr. X series. We'll call it that. And he said, Oh, this is the craziest thing. I just, I had this idea for like, what if there was a guy who was raised by assassins to become the best assassin in the world? But, but what if he had a heart of gold? And this fucker, dude, this fucker, he 
he believed in that idea. He somehow, I don't know if it's because it came from him, you know, like where you kind of don't, it's one of those things where you don't see that it's an idea that already exists fucking everywhere. But this guy, I feel, I think he's in Hollywood too, man. Cause I feel like that's how these Hollywood pitch guys work too. They go in and they just have balls. They're like, you know what we need to do? We need to do a show where have you heard of a show called God friended me? No, it's a, this is real. It's a show about God on Facebook and God makes friends with somebody the balls that it took for somebody to walk into that room and be like, I have got a show that is going to knock your fucking socks off. What if God was on social media? And it's just, it's this confidence in these absolutely shit ideas. And then, you know, begins the spiral because of course, you know, the show gets renewed for a second season or whatever. And you're like, Oh, people watch that. That's, that's definitely a hit. That's a hit. Okay. Well, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Cause you know, that would be something yeah. that you and I would joke about. We would say, oh, make a show about God being on Facebook and then never do anything. But somebody had that idea and thought, you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do yeah. God on Facebook. Well, that's, um, what that's what it seems like is the, the work is all done before. The work is all done with convincing people that aren't artists to to be part of the art. You know what I mean? Like. Right. It just that's isn't that what happened with the when the um, executives took over the movies, you know, and so now there's these bean counters who are in charge of putting out what's coming up a new a new remake of uh, of um, the fuck was it? I saw another remake today that was just boggled the mind. I don't fucking remember what it was, but it was just a, some arbitrary thing that existed and was marginally successful. And, and that's weird, what happens. Weird science remake of weird science or oh, something that, with the, Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. So that, I wonder how that's going to do it because wasn't weird science just about two nerds who create a woman so they can fuck her. Oh no, I was joking. I was joking. I don't know if that's <laughs> I thought real. It was real. I thought it no, was dude. Real. No, I What's just I was about, just fucking around. What's funny about weird science is that obviously that was the wish fulfillment aspect. Like you could, if they could create this beautiful woman and then she would have sex with them. And there's a sequence in that where she cleans the house with magic. And I just remember thinking that would be pretty sweet. Like the house is trashed and there's garbage everywhere, and the parents are coming home in five seconds. And I remember as a kid thinking, man, if you could just do that, if you could just if you could take all the toilet paper out of a tree, you know, how uh-huh. do you get toilet paper out of a tree? And fire it with a hose, I guess. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. the weird science remake. But yeah, so these people that are not interested in art, they're interested in what they know. They don't want to take chances and they're in charge of it. And so all these art forms, you're convincing non artists to take a chance and do it. And once they do, you know, the fix is in. Once they mm-hmm. do, the, the everyone marches under the same instruction, which is this is uh, this is a hit. This mm-hmm. is a thing. This right. is a hit, and there right. it goes off to the off to the consumer. So you, you that's where the work is done. It's done way early. You know, it's not. I don't think you'll get another thing like a like a Chuck Palahniuk out of the blue who makes this weird thing where it catches on, and then they scramble and go back and say, "What else have you got?" You know, oh, here's mm-hmm. these other things you rejected. 
Instead, it's it's like crafted from this dead tower of numbers and yeah, and nobody cares. That's the biggest problem too. Is that none of these artists like most of the people that we know on Facebook, they're all striving to be a part of that. It's very disheartening to see. Um, even though they sometimes annoy me, at least the people who are doing weird experimental stuff that isn't usually very good, um, at least they're trying to do something different. You know, yeah. At least they're actually trying. And you just see all these people who want... <sighs> it's not the wanting the deal that's bad. I get wanting to succeed and make money, but they want hunt they do not want to make it on their terms they 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 measure their success by how well they can conform to what's going to what to what they already want to what people already want you know yeah and and there's no challenge we were talking about edginess a little bit earlier there's no edginess there's no challenge to it there's there's nothing it's just and then they and then they strut around doing victory laps saying like oh i did it i did it and I want to be like, you did what exactly? Why am I? Why should I be proud of you? I'm about as proud of you as when my buddy, who's an accountant, calls me up and tells me that he got a promotion at his job. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, you played a game, you played the, you did the rules the way that the rules were supposed to be done, and what you want to pat on the back for that? Yeah, there's something there's something to be said for that that DIY thing you were talking about earlier with you know a band creates a, a just a ratty little album in their living room and we, we find ourselves drawn to it and p- artists authors creating a ratty little book in their living room and getting it out there but there's that stigma of you know self-publishing or stigma right. of, of small oh it's a very it's a very turn your nose do, up kind of thing oh, you yeah. gotta be can with the imagine, big boys you gotta you, you gotta be invited band? to the dinner can you imagine dude if the same thing applied to any other art form the same like turning your mm-hmm. nose up you don't you don't have the backing of uh of you don't have, you're not vetted by somebody who you're not on records you, you, know? you haven't been vetted by a non-artist are you really going to put that painting on that easel can you imagine yeah you it know? would be crazy and that's why i'm so drawn to music right now is because it really does and of course there's a whole world of music that does that and but I feel like there's a bigger world of music that doesn't do that compared to the to compared to the to the book world you know because the difference that I would say is that even the crap stuff that comes out on small presses that doesn't sell is still trying to be that corporate thing it would be well, yeah, like if every big... if every like little indie band that we were that was supposed to be excited about was trying to be you know, corn or whatever. Exactly. That's why it's not, you know, we make it sound like there's some, that there's some nobility in, in these, in, in self-creating and it's all gold. It's not, that's, that's what happened with, you know, with B movies. I remember thinking that, you know, B movies were, were where it was at. I want to see all these straight to video movies must be amazing because they have no one to hinder them. You know, their vision mm-hmm. will come, come shining through and of course, the vast majority of those movies that went straight to video were carbon copies, but real shitty versions of the Hollywood movies. Right. And then you had to dig really deep and you have to do that anyway. So, you know, I know the I know the criticisms of what I just said and I know I know all that shit. I just don't um, I just don't I just feel like we would success see it. very inspiring so, lately. We're just so we're just we're so deep into the book world. I think that if there was a lot of 
interesting stuff to look at, I feel like we would know about it. Like and I really also, do. And we're and we're bitter about other people's success because we're haters. And sure, sure, yeah. Part of our. You know what's interesting though is that like I have I have friends who are super successful who I'm not bitter about because and I won't I won't say who, but like but they're still cool, and they kind of <laughs> have done it on their own terms. Right, yeah. like it does exist, and I think that that's why I get along so with anyone, those people. So, anyone out there who is still friends with us, apply yourself to the description he just said. To the to the that's you. three people to the three people who I know who did and that. Those, and, uh, <laughs> but and like so the, that is that is you, and you are still our friend. But the rest of you, are just like, you oh, who... I just want to do. I just want to. I just want to make. I just want somebody to give me a, a whole bunch of money for like this thing that already exists. I have no real time. You don't want you don't want another hitman with a heart of gold. Yeah, no, I think I'm good, man. I think I've I think I've read that one. I think I've read that one, and I think I've I think I've read the Private Eye books, and I think I've read, you know, and it got it's gotten so weird in in indie presses too, where they they all seem to like really be trying to emulate big books, like where the covers kind of look the same too, and they're yeah. they're trying to make it so like you can't. It's exactly what happened. With VHS boxes, where you know a movie yeah, would so come out that was like the same man with silhouette yeah. with a gun, silhouette yep. with a gun. It's like oh, and they would put they would even title them something that was alphabetically close. I remember this in Blockbuster that there would be like a you know the Mask of Zorro would come out, and then you'd see like two VHS boxes where the cover looked almost identical, and it would be like the Mask of Zonto or something <laughs> like that, and right. you know that two dipshits accidentally. The rented trans, the transmorgifiers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They accidentally Atlantic. rented that thing, and yeah, it's just Atlantic like Rim. They just they yeah. want to get they want to get a taste of it. I mean, it's all it's all fucking disheartening. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. all it's all it's all. A, and I think the thing is too is that it just, it just, it just takes together. so long to write a book too, you know. And I think that the immediacy, what you're talking about with the internet being a problem, and then how we keep talking about music and bands. I mean, like how long does it, I mean, some bands take forever, but how long does it really take to record a 45 minute album? You know, if you get into that studio, you can knock it out in a week, two weeks, something like that. That's like, it's very immediate. And, uh, and you can kind of, um, you know, you can see where a band is good like to write a book and to take two three years to do something. And then to only find out after it's out that, you know, Nope, they don't want that one. They, and it's just also because, you know, it's on it's on us too. Like I will say that with the thing that I've been writing, I've been very cognizant about writing things that I think people will actually pick up, you know, and making sure that they're short and punchy. And you know, I'm not I'm not taking my time to write a, a hundred thousand words anymore. Like fifteen, twenty thousand, and that's it. I'm calling it after that because in my opinion, anything after that, and you're just gonna, and you're just alienating people <clears throat> at that point. There's just no point. Great. My new book's 90,000 words. <laughs> long, Alien, dude. Welcome to Alienation. <laughs> yeah, it's very long. It's very long. But, but no, we're but all, I, dude, we're just, we're just swirling around the same drain, dude. We're yeah, just, man, it's cool. We're just, we're just riding the same, riding the same toilet. Yeah, yeah. I saw, it, did I tell you anything this? Anything else? Um, well, I was going to tell you, I saw there was a, there was a porn clip that somebody mm-hmm. put on Twitter 
Apparently okay. Twitter, Twitter's got pornography. It's it does. Yeah, it does. Dude, mm-hmm. yep. Nasty. You kids are nasty. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, it was um, it was titled "Man Has Sex in Toilet," uh, which right. I thought I thought that was a very hateful term for a vagina. <laughs> wait, wait, what? But I was... Hold on. Wait, a hand over earpiece. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, man. I like that one. Um, cool. Cool. Well, we should just start calling this like something bitter, guys. I don't know. Something. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I don't really walk around. Um, I don't walk around super mad all the time, which is the impression that might be gotten from listening to me on this. Like, this is sort of like my outlet. What I really do now is when I get on Twitter, I look at stuff and I just go, ugh.